Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Spoke since the CCC tournament in 14. That's the last time I talked to you, was then. Okay. Yeah, but it's been a while, but I'm glad to get you on the show, man. I'm happy for your success out there at Tulsa, man. You're doing a great job out there. Well, I appreciate that, man. God is good. I've been blessed, man. And, you know, I've had some good opportunities in my career, and I like where we're at here right now. We obviously, you know, it takes time to build it, and I feel good about where we're at in terms of how we built it and, uh, and what our squad is doing. So hopefully we can continue with the consistency, but uh, obviously this year is going to be a little crazy, right? You know, with all the stuff that's going on and trying to have a season and, uh, but we're, we're working. I like, I, 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 I'm excited about what our guys are doing and trying to, to, to give ourselves a chance, you know, and that's all you, you hope for and pray for that you guys are doing the right thing. So. Now coach, you guys have had 18 wins at least five years, six seasons at Tulsa. So that, for me, tells me you set a great foundation, a great culture there at Tulsa because a great tradition that Tulsa has. So how do you feel about knowing you set a culture there and you've won where you've won since you've been there? Well, you know, we took this job, uh, JR. We, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was in Conference USA and they were joining the, the, this conference and the American conference. And I felt like, you know, we had a chance, you know, because there's, there's been some, you know, great coaches have coached here from Nolan Richardson to, you know, Bill Self, uh, Tubby Smith, the headset, but they were different part of the time in their careers. They were just starting their careers. I came in uh, with, to a team, a program uh, where it was a building block for coaches and, and, and wanted to take it to another level as we joined this conference, a multi-bid league, because they were always in a single-bid league, you know, whether it was Conference USA or when they were in the Mountain West or the Valley. Uh, so I, I, I was excited about the opportunity and the challenges that comes with playing in a, a multi-bid league with the likes of UConn or, or Memphis or Cincinnati and Temple. So, um, but, but a lot of people don't know this. Um, since we've been in the league six years, we've always finished. We've, we won the third most games, conference games in this league behind uh, Houston and Cincinnati. So we've been consistently good. I'm very proud of that. And, um, you know, we had a team last year that won the league you know, and which was, um, you know, we were picked 10th and we win the league. And, and it was unfortunate that it was a, a situation where we didn't have a chance to play in postseason because that would have been our third postseason team, I think, would have gotten to the postseason and done well. And, like, I think this year's team, I think this year's team is very, very good. So hopefully, Lord willing, we'll have a chance to get to the NCAA tournament and have an opportunity. Now, Coach, let's go back to March 11th. That was my birthday when everything kind of just went. Straight, to you know what? <laughs> Everything went bad. So, how, how, how where were you guys at, and how did you have to tell your team that the season was over with, and get them to get home safely, and go from being on campus to virtual learning and keeping their grades up while we're in the middle of a pandemic? You know, it was extremely hard, boss man. We 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 were we were in Dallas, Fort Worth, ready preparing for the NC, for the uh, AAC tournament, and um, you know, word started trickling around with other these, these other conferences were canceling their tournaments. And so we met with our guys that morning and, and, and told them that we were heading back. And, and not knowing, I think on the drive back, we, we, we got wind of, uh, you know, all tournaments being canceled, all postseason being canceled. Because there was, there was some thought that maybe we will still have some type of postseason at that point in time. And then as we got back to, the, um, to, the, to, to, to Tulsa, we got in the locker room and we had to uh, 
give the news to our guys. I mean, it was emotional. I will be honest with you because um, our guys were very excited about where we're at in terms of in our season with our team, in terms of our, how we were playing. And we felt like we could have done some damage in postseason because of the way we were playing. Um, and, and, but, but, but having to uh, deliver that to our guys was difficult. And then, and then keep our guys focused to finish up, as you mentioned, academically in the right path. Um, and then look to the future. You know, we had, we had two seniors on that team that were very uh, critical to our success. And then that was, that was the emotional, emotional part. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny, when we got back here, when we started practice the other day, I reminded our guys of, I, you know, I said, listen, guys, 200 and some days ago, we were hit with this pandemic. And what happened, what it, I learned a lot from this pandemic, and I think you should have too. And, and what we learned is don't take anything for granted, right? Because sure. anything could change. You know, we saw our lives take a huge turn 200 some days ago where we didn't control it. Like going out to play ball or going to the gym to hoop was no issue. And now all of a sudden that was taken from us. You know, me taking my wife out to dinner, you know, that was no issue. But now all of a sudden, you know, things change. And I said, for, for what we, we should have, we could learn from this pandemic is, is embrace opportunity and do not take things for granted. And, uh, uh, and I thought it was, you know, it was good to get our guys to focus on that because the young people, they don't, you know, and we, and we are guilty as it too, not just young people of taking things for granted. Yes, sir. Yes, coach. You're so right about that. For me, traveling is my thing, covering NBA, covering college basketball. I haven't left Atlanta since March 11th, my birthday. I haven't left, you know, <laughs> you know, so we're in November now. So just think how going to dinner, like you said, going out to eat, you know, just doing simple things like going to a store, wearing a mask, now, just because, of the wild world, like you say, we don't control none of this stuff. And I think it's good to remind the Lord, showed us again, he's always in control, not us. Nature takes right. its course, no matter what right. we try to do as humans, nature still rules today, no matter what we try. That's right, that's right. And now, Coach, thinking academically-wise, uh, I know you're a Tulsa Great School Academics, you, I know you're big on that, so how do you academic advise your assistant coaches keep your young men grounded through the blackboard systems and keeping them on task and holding them accountable when they're not on campus with you and that structures you have study halls, and how do you all go about to make sure your young men's GPA say high over the spring and summer semesters here? Well, we, you know, we, we're very involved. You know, I think you look at my track records, not just here at Tulsa, but at Miami and Missouri as a head coach. Um, I mean, I think we're somewhere around, um, you know, we've graduated every kid we've ever coached up until only like three kids. So, and that's like 67 out of 70 or something. Um, uh, so we're very big about getting our guys in position to graduate. And, you know, this was unique in terms of, you know, learning is virtual, it was a combination of both in person. Um, you know, we require, you know, our study all time um, is over here with us in our environment where we it's structured a little bit, you know, um, you know, we're just making sure our guys are, there's checks and balances. Each one of our players have a, a academic coach that they meet with weekly to go over their syllabi and what they have to do that week. Uh, I think there's a tremendous amount of communication, um, helping our guys through it in terms of get, making sure they got the tutors and, and things they need. Um, because we all know, and, 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 you know, that piece of paper is so important to success. And it, because at some point in time, that air comes out of that ball and they have to have something to fall back on. And so we don't, we, we stress this when we're recruiting, uh, Bossman. We, we say, we don't want kids to come to school to play ball. We want kids to come to school and play ball. And so sure. academics is extremely, extremely important to what we hope we give to them. And, and, and I would want our kids to say, you know, I learned how to be a better basketball player, but I also learn life skills at Tulsa from, with Coach Hape and, and his, his, his structure and, um, or infrastructure. And I th that's really important to me uh, that we, we give that to him. And Coach Hayes, how did you all go about keeping their minds sharp of what's going on around us with the pandemic, racial injustice, and, and on, on the Zoom calls you had? Because I know young man, 18, 24 years old, that can hit them a different way. I'm in, I'm in my 30s. I know you're in your 50s. So we kind of can deal with some stuff better than they can right now. So how did right. you keep their minds sharp and free and clear as things around them was going haywire? Yeah, I, I, I think the biggest thing is communication. And I, I did a lot of, you know, um, uh, spending time 
uh, talking about all the things that we're hit with. And, you know, uh, mental health is such an important, uh, is so critical right now with these young people and with everybody because we're all hit with some things that is, 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 you know, there's two different types of pandemics, right? There's the social injustice, there's the pandemic, the virus. And, um, you know, but, but I wanted to make sure our guys are, we're educating them and we're talking about it, you know, because when, when this, when the George Floyd thing happened, um, you know, kids, kids' minds are all over the place and, and how they looked at it, how they viewed it. It was obviously everybody was angry. There was upset. Um, and it's the same old thing over and over again. And, and I have a personal issue with, you know, um, back in 2000, uh, 2006, my, uh, my nephew was killed by uh, police violence in New York, Sean Bell. And, uh, and so I, I spent a lot of time talking to our guys about, uh, you know, how we handle. And I thought this time, because of the good communication, and because of the good education, because of the willingness of people that don't look like you and I to listen, it was different. And, uh, uh, but I, but I, I, I encourage everyone involved, fatigue always sets in and we stop doing it. I think we've got to be continually be, have great endurance, continue to educate, continue to grow, because we still see a lot of things happening today that are, that, that are disappointing, discouraging. Uh, but I think we've got to keep driving forward. And, you know, but, but, but the biggest thing, to but back to your question is, we have to, as leaders of our program, continue to be out front and educating our, our, prospect, our student athletes about, um, and, 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 and being great listeners. Because, you know, everybody comes from different backgrounds, different environments. Yes, but so we got to make sure we're not just driving home things, we're being great listeners, and then, then we're giving them good feedback. And coach, you know, since George Floyd happened, I just made my show more about political things more than I do sports, of course, but I want to talk about the issues that I know is 33 year old black men in, in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, trying to get people educate what what happened, look over my shoulder, drive a little bit slower, you know, being careful about where I go, when I don't do it, how I do it, what I move, and how I say. And you know, listen, understand, hey, yeah, you love me for covering the sports, but also when I'm not on the radio and air, I have a, a lot of love to do this deal with and I, I use my show coach for good so I can help the community of Atlanta from Chattanooga to make and understand hey it's more to it than what you think it is beyond these sports these guys we're 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 we're, we're people right and there are things that go on that you don't quite understand because of you might, might not see it because you, you're in your silo but there's lots of going on in this world it's bad and if you just listen to us and be, listen with empathy like, like you mentioned coach we can all come together to understand each other better going for us won't be this divide that we have right now in our country yeah, and I think you, you make a point, uh, you know, platform. We all have a platform, and that's why I was so proud of what the WNBA and the NBA utilize in their platform when they caught a lot of slack from uh, certain folks. But, but, but we as, 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 as uh, you know, black folks, we, we, we are, we're proud of that, how they utilize their platform to, to um, you know, to, 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 to speak on some of the things that are going on and, 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 and draw awareness and attention to it. And that goes back to my comment about the endurance and we can't be, we can't get fatigued. And uh, I applaud both those organizations uh, for doing what they did through the playoffs. And, uh, um, but it, 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 mustn't, it must not stop now. We gotta, we gotta keep going. You know, I'm part of a group of folks that uh, uh, Black Coaches United is an organization that, and we're actually gonna launch this week um, but myself, John Thompson, the third, uh, Tubby Smith, Leonard Hamilton, uh, Paul Hewitt, uh, we're all the founders of this group. And, um, and we're still utilizing our platform to help educate other uh, coaches of color, to be mentors for coaches of color, and, and but, uh, to continue to, to, to do what we need to do. Now, you mentioned I'm in my 50s, man. I hate that. You know, people, I'm, I'm still in my wheelhouse, so I'm still moving. And, uh, but I think we got some young coaches that we want to uh, be there for them as they, as they grow in this business. 
in their culture, also this coach, thinking about this for, for, for your young men and their health, how did you all kind of approach them for standing shape when they're back at home in their own environments with the strength and conditioning coach and keeping those young men kind of in semi so they get back to so you want to start so much from scratch, prevent those injuries, soft tissue injuries from lingering all year long for us and having a knee, ankle, a hamstring, something you don't want to have all year long. So how did you all manage your young men in that regard, ramping them back up here? Well, we have, we have a great strength coach and a guy named David Dietz is a, sent a lot of information to our guys uh, uh, in terms of giving them a foundation uh, to train a little bit before they got here. Um, the challenge we have in front of us, boss man, is that when, you know, you have a positive test within your, your team and, and, then, and then you have um, contact tracing, you have um, guys that are in quarantine and then guys get shut down and then they come back to your team. That's when you, you know, this concern. I mean, I worry about that from a, uh, you know, you just talked about it. If you lose, like, is anything, if you stop uh, conditioning, stop performing, you're going to lose a lot of things. Then you come back to competitiveness. You're not right. So that's not healthy. And so we've got to do a good job. And I'm um, hopefully the CDC gets in connection with these universities that when, if a kid does test positive, he can still find a way to stay in shape, to continue to, 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 so when he comes back to your team, he's not completely uh, start from scratch again. And then you have more issues with them if you do that. So there's got to be some type of uh, understanding how we maintain that with our young people. But we did a good job um, of helping our guys grow, uh, build a foundation uh, before they got to us. And uh, we've been very fortunate. We haven't had a lot of positive tests. So we haven't had a, a knock on wood when I say that, a lot of stoppage. Uh, with our development within our team, because these 10 days, 14 days, um, makes it, it's going to make it very difficult to have a season this year. And uh, we're still, you know, it's very fluid. We're still growing through how we're going to try to play. And uh, uh, there's things that come out daily that we're trying to figure out the testing portion of it. I think it's going to be critical to, to how we get to the wood. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, is it going to be daily testing? Is it going to be the saliva test? Is it going to be uh, the PCR test? You know, there's a lot of uh, communication back and forth trying to figure all this out. Now, Coach, speaking of scheduling, I know it's probably been a headache for trying to get games right now because, uh, you know, you, those two weeks are gone there. November 25th is the start date now. And so how's that been trying to get games and getting guys to come in and play you guys or play the MTEs? Uh, how's that been going for you? Well, it's been great for us. We actually are in good shape. I think we just don't have a home opener because we have a team drop out. Um, uh, but we, we, we're we planning an MT in, in Kansas City uh, with um, TCU, uh, South Carolina, and um, uh, Northwestern and ourselves. So that we're, we're, we're excited about that. And then all of our other games are regional in terms of Arkansas is coming to our building. Uh, we've got three other games here. So we – we we're, we got six games scheduled before conference play, and we're playing 20 league games. So we we upticked our conference games because of, we felt like as a conference that's the safest way to get through the season is playing teams that's going to test like you, and and so we increased that number to 20, and um, and then we got six nine. We can have seven nine league games, but we have six at this moment, and we're trying to figure out if we're going to play another one or not. And, but all that is unique, right? Because everybody has their schedule done by August or September. And then we are in November still talking about trying to figure out our schedule. Yeah. And, um, but I, I feel like from talking to my coaching peers, we're in as good a shape as anybody right now and, and where we're at. And, um, you know, we're just ready to get going. And hopefully from between now and that 25th, that start day, we stay healthy and, and we get an opportunity to compete. So listen here in Atlanta who don't understand about the AAC, it's a deep conference from top to bottom. There's no easy outs. And, you know, from East Carolina over to you guys at Tulsa, man, it's a hard out. And Memphis is coming up, South Florida, Brian Gregory, UCF, a giant doggets. I mean, you just named all the coaches in their conference, man. The teams are tough to play. Talk about for our listeners who don't know about the AAC like the way you and I do, how tough the league is every, every night, home or away. Well, I tell you, we've got a tremendous league, and 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 you know, you just mentioned a a, slew, a few of them. But um, Coach Sampson's a Hall of Famer guy at, at Houston, I think, and and um, you know, Houston to SMU to 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 Wichita State, uh, 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 you know, Greg Marshall over there to and you you know, 
it is a every time you lace them up, you gotta be ready to play. And the thing I love about this league, I mean, it's a multi-bid league. You know, we just lost UConn, and UConn was in this league too. Uh, but from even with the loss of UConn, I think our league is as good as there is in the country. And uh, I mean, I look at some of the things that our league have done. I mean, we when we play the quote-unquote Power Five schools, the success we've had against those teams. You know, just last year, uh, two years ago, we played. K-State, we play Oklahoma State, and we've had great success against those teams. And, you know, Wichita State's played Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. We've had great success against those teams. And, and um, you know, because there's great coaches in this league. And and I think that that's the one thing that attracted me six years ago to this league uh, was the, the type of coaching, the challenges you have when you play. Uh, you know, mentioned the Florida schools. Johnny and I are great friends and at Central Florida, and Brian's done a great job. And I think they got, he's going to have his best team this year over at South Florida, so uh, Brian. So it, it, it's a it's a league that uh, you got to be ready to play. You you lace them up night in night out. You got to be ready to play against great coaching and great talent. Two more for you, coach. So one of them is how, how is recruiting via Zoom for you guys this year? I know you want to see a guy in person in for relationship with a parent being in the home. So how is recruiting via Zoom? The virtual tours of the campus. How did you for you and your staff do this time around? Is that something you keep on doing out down the road? It is. I think. I think it's going to be. It's taught us all um, a, a way to con- to recruit a little bit. You know, I'm one of those guys is not real uh, uh, tech savvy. You know, I um, mean, I can barely put gas in my car. So it's, it's taught me how to to learn how to be a little bit more. Uh, you know, understanding. You know how this thing works, and I feel I'm excited about it. I think we and we were able to finish up recruiting uh, without it. You know, so. So I do see with this, this technology, we've all learned how to, you know, the virtual tours and, and, and spending time uh, with Zoom calls that it, it may, you know, give us an opportunity to change our calendar from a recruiting standpoint, um, not be out so many days. Because I know that the coaches, uh, once we start our season, don't really like leaving our program as much. And so because of the pandemic and the virus and because of, you know, us learning a new way to recruit, I could see the NCAA and, and the NABC coming together and limiting our days out away from our team uh, to, to allow us to be on campus more. And um, I could see that in the near future uh, with what we're doing from a recruiting standpoint because of the experiences we get, we, 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 we've learned through this pandemic. That's why I for coaches. I was talking about who have been some key coaches in your life who helped you grow as a coach and as a man and helped mold you as you grow in this business the way you are today. Head coach was supposed to go to Hurricane. Well, you know, I, uh, Bossman, I've worked with some really, really good people. Um, you know, I go back to my time at, you know, Dave Odom at Wake Forest, so Rick Barnes at Tennessee, who's at, I worked with at Texas, uh, Tony Brony, the late Tony Brony, who was the head coach of Texas A&M, or Jerry Dunn at Penn State. Um, Kevin Eastman, who was assistant with the Boston Celtics and the Clippers, uh, who was I uh, worked with at UNC Wilmington. All those guys were great in terms of laid tremendous foundation in me as a coach. But I encourage people all the time to to really get out and get and have mentors. And I have had, you know, from um, you know, Coach Ravlin was a huge mentor of mine. And a lot of people don't may not remember Coach George Ravlin, but um, he is someone that. Uh, I, I really learned a lot from, spent a lot of time talking to about the profession, even when I was an assistant. Uh, Leonard Hamilton was someone that I looked up to and spent a lot of time with, and he's still in the, in the profession, um, and, and, and Tubby, you know. But all those guys are, are guys that I, 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 you know, I didn't hesitate asking questions and, and, and they're, they're being resources to me. Um, so I, I think it's a combination, you know, you know, you have people that help you grow in the business from, uh, you know, uh, you know, experiences in terms of uh, I work with. But then I have people that I look to as mentors that help me uh, mold me into uh, a coach and, and, they, and their experiences. They, they, they gave me um, and I, I feel like from a combination of all of that, you have, you know, I never stop learning. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know. Um, once you think you've got this lick, you're going to retard your development. So I'm constantly trying to get better in my craft, in my profession. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to grow. And, and, and so I've done a, I've, I've been really blessed that I've had people that are willing to give to me. 
and uh, helped me grow in this profession. So, um, but, uh, but I go back to my beginning statement, I've been very blessed and the opportunities and uh, I encourage all young coaches to embrace those opportunities you get. And, and the one thing that the guys I work for allowed me to do, because so much in this profession is about recruiting. We talked about recruiting. And as a young black coach, black assistant, you know, you, 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 know, you do a lot of recruiting. But, 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 I, but the guys I work for allowed me to be involved with a total program. And, you know, whether it was uh, speaking engagement, do radio shows or um, uh, scouting, floor coaching, you know, um, or, or how do we uh, get our bus for tr team travel, uh, you know, um, meals for pregame meal. All of that is going to help you grow when you get your opportunity as a head coach that you know how to run your program. And I was fortunate enough to work with people that allowed me to be involved with the total program. Coach Hayes, I thank you for your time. I've been a fan of yours for years. Like I said, we talked since 2014 at the SEC tournament, but I'm happy for your success at Tulsa. Hope to see you when it comes to Atlanta. Hope you play Georgia Tech, maybe a Georgia State or somebody here. We can see yeah. you there. You can get the town here and play Georgia and Athens, something like that, man. But I'm definitely a fan of yours for years, man. I'm happy for your success, Coach. I really am. I'm really proud of what you guys are doing out there at Tulsa with the Golden Hurricane. Appreciate you, boss, man. I appreciate you having me on. And let's do this again, my friend. God bless. Same for you, Coach. Have a great day, man. Talk to you real soon, brother. Okay. It's Frank Hayes on, on the Boss Man Show. Grab a hold of big breakfast flavor at Hardee's. Try two breakfast sliders for just $2.99. Get Applewood smoked bacon or freshly grilled sausage with fluffy eggs and golden melty cheese all on a toasty little bun. Good morning. Start at Hardee's. Available now for a limited time at participating restaurants. Tax not included. I was back here on the Boss Man Show with you, man. Smitty, me here. Coach Matt McCall, a good buddy of mine. Coach McCall, man, good to talk to you again. Good to see you as well, brother. How, how things are there at Amherst for you, my man? But Man, things are going great. It's great to see you too, boss, man, and brings up a lot of memories, good memories we had down there in Chattanooga. I'll never forget we're getting ready to play a game at Lipscomb. You were out there rebounding for our guys, trying to get our guys warmed up, man. So <laughs> always appreciate the time we can spend together, and uh, things are going well. Yes, indeed. Well, actually, how's your wife and your kids doing up there through all this COVID stuff, man? So how's that been for you guys? You know, obviously, uh, my, my wife's a lot's on her plate. We, uh, my, my oldest is a first grader, and um, she's having to do all her education remotely uh, because of where we live. Um, so that's been a lot on my wife. But uh, the kids are doing good. They're, they're resilient, man. So uh, everybody's healthy, which is the most important thing. Let's go back to March. Uh, it was my birthday, March 11th, when everything kind of went crazy it, with, the, with, the, with the universe here. So where was your team met? How did you kind of approach it with your guys as, you know, things kind of was going crazy, all the unknown factors going from being on campus to being virtual and academically? How was it for you and your staff, Coach, and your players? Yeah, boss, man. I mean, it was, um, it was a crazy, crazy time. We were uh, – when everything started to escalate, we were on our way to Brooklyn. Uh, to play in the, in the Barclays Center and in the A-10 tournament. Uh, it's the first time in five years that UMass had had a bye in the tournament. So we weren't playing on the first day of the tournament, but we did go by uh, the Barclays Center because we were the first game uh, in the next round on the next day. We were playing at noon. Uh, so we went by the Barclays Center and showed our guys the arena. I think Fordham was playing GW. We watched a little bit of that game just so those guys could get a feel. Um, and then we went to the hotel and uh, I had a meal, and that was the same night that the Thunder were playing when they got taken off the floor for, for COVID. And obviously my relationship with Coach Donovan uh, was pretty dialed into that. And as the night kind of went on, it just started to think, man, are we even going to play this game? Mm -hmm. And, you know, normally the night before the game, you're, you know, filling out your play card and you're not sleeping because your anxiety is about the game. And this was like you kept checking your phone every two seconds on Twitter. Is, is everything going to get canceled? And Woke up the next day, had our walk through, went to the bar place and um, walked. I was walking out onto the floor with about three minutes to go before the tip was supposed to happen. And our ops guy, Brian Grossman, said to me, you know, they just canceled the SEC and the Big 12. And I'm walking out of the tunnel onto the floor in the bar place. I'm like, are we playing? Uh, and then right then and there, as soon as I hit the floor, everything got canceled. Um, so then, boss, man, you, you're shifting to – all right, what are we going to tell our team? Uh, we have one senior, um, you know, but I think in that moment, I don't think, you know, we had a couple guys transfer from our program. You, you don't think, hey, man, this is the last time I'm going to see this group all together. And it was. 
Um, and then, you know, uh, they asked me to do media. I sent the bus back to the hotel and, you know, we were in Brooklyn. So there's hundreds of media in there and mm-hmm. media is over with. And I'm like, man, is it even safe to get in a cab or, or an Uber? Right. And um, ended up walking two miles back to our hotel. Uh, but it was just pretty surreal. Um, I think our, our players did a terrific job in the spring of staying on top of their academics, even though everything was remote. Uh, the biggest challenge was then, as we put together the roster that we have now, starting our team meetings, doing everything Zoom, that kind of got like, all right, like when are we coming back to campus, getting back to work? Like we're tired of talking through this computer, coach. Like let's, when can we get to the gym, you know? Uh, and we've been back since August 14th, boss man, and, and our guy, we've been tested, I think, 25 times, every individual in our program. We've had zero positives. So our guys are, are handling things the right way. Now, how was that, Coach, trying to keep them engaged via Zoom? You know, for me, I, I see you everybody personally. I hate to be on the computer seeing you, but I will just like see you personally. But So how was trying to keep guys engaged via the Zoom platform because I keep everybody from losing their sanity because I know for me, being caged up here at the house is not fun for me. I'm, I want to be out there with, with you guys. So how's that, how was that for you and your staff and your players? It was a challenge. There's no question about it. Um, you try to be creative. You try to do different things. Um, the different coach talking every time, not just me uh, hammering them with a message, allow the assistant coaches to speak, allow the players to even speak at times. Um, you know, it, but it was, there was no question. It was a challenge. And it kind of got to the point where, you know, you, you didn't want to do it two, three times a week because how much are we really getting out of this? Um, and it just kind of like, all right, now, you know, we got to August and it's like, all right, it's time to get back to campus and get to work. Now, if we got about the August, Coach, how did you kind of ramp your guys up? You know you don't give them a nagging injury starting August. So how did you kind of ramp them up from some, being inactive from March to August? How was that process for you and your staff there? Well, you know, we started one coach, one ball, one basket. Um, we did that probably for six or seven workouts. Uh, and then we transitioned that into groups, did that for six or seven workouts. Then we went team, no contact, did that for six or seven workouts, and then a, an actual full practice. Um, knock on wood, we've been pretty healthy up to this point in time. Um, but, you know, it, it, it has, you know, one guy gets a little dinged up here, he's out of practice. You know, but everybody's dealing with the same thing. Luckily for us, we haven't had to deal with the COVID piece of it yet, getting shut down for two weeks uh, because of contact tracing. I think that is a, a huge hurdle for coaches to overcome in terms of, you know, you build all this up, we built, we got strength, we got conditioning, we got all this stuff. And then, you know, if you get shut down for two weeks, how does that affect what you're doing in practice when you come They're back? Right. And we – we haven't had to deal with that yet, but that's got to, no question, be a, be a big, big challenge. And you have a new roster, not new comes on your roster, and returns as well. Talk to us about your returns on your roster and the new guys as well. We got to look out for what you're thinking. I want my listeners here to keep checking out the minute men up there. I know you have a team, Coach, but what I see on, on paper, you got a team up there, man. Yeah, you know, boss, man, it's been a, uh, you know, when I took the job here, uh, obviously leaving a special place like Chattanooga, um, you know, I, I don't think I really knew exactly what I was walking into in terms of just where we were at this point in time, uh, having to go through some very challenging, difficult years um, in order to get our culture right, for one, and in order to get uh, the right guys in here. Um, we, we now on our roster, um, we have, I think, 10 out of the 11 guys uh, that are on scholarship currently right now are either from New England or went to prep school in New England. Uh, we're in Western Massachusetts, uh, so that piece of it was big, wanting guys here that really, really wanted to be here, and we have that. When you talk about 10 out of your 11 that went to prep school up here, they've already been in the area, they've immersed, um, so we're excited about our team. We showed tremendous progress last year uh, to be able to get a bye in the A-10 tournament, most A-10 wins in uh, the last five years. I think it was the first time. Um, in a number of years that we started the season off 5-0. and um, And we've got a really, really good core of those guys back, uh, led by Trey Mitchell, who was A-10 Rookie of the Year. Uh, the numbers that he put up in the conference play last year were really second to none. Uh, I think there was one guy that uh, was, was past him in scoring, and that just happened to be Obi Topping, a top five pick this year in this year's draft. 
Um, so, you know, led by him, Carl Pierre is a guy that's been with me since day one here. Um, Carl is, has been all about the program, all about the culture. Excited to have him back. TJ Weeks was actually leading us in scoring through 10 games last year. He uh, then had an injury that took him out for the, uh, for the remainder of the season, uh, but he's back. Uh, so those are really the core guys that, that you're bringing back to your team. And uh, Debaji Walker was another guy that was a surprise that, that we, we got late. Uh, we got him eligible late that ended up having some big games, 20 plus points uh, at certain points throughout the year. So we've got a good core back. And then just some of the new guys, boss man, uh, Noah Fernandes, in-state kid. He's eligible right away. Went to uh, Wichita State to start his career. Uh, came back to Massachusetts. Um, Javon Garcia uh, went to Brewster Academy uh, from the state of Ohio. Just an electric, electric guard. Got to be one of the better guards in, in our league for freshmen, no question about it. Um, Cairo McCory, Ronnie DeGray, both Woodstock Academy prospects, uh, played at a, a terrific prep school down there. Both are going to add a tremendous amount, as well as DeAndre Dominguez. I mean, we've got a, a really, really good group. Colton Mitchell's a guy that started, I want to say, I don't know, 10 games for us last year. And really where we started to turn the corner and really win games at the end of the last year, a lot of it had to do because Colton was in there uh, with his energy, with his effort. And then uh, the last guy, boss man, is a guy named Mark Gasparini, uh, a transfer from American that really uh, can play multiple, will play the center spot for us. You'll see us play him and Mitchell together some because of both of their skill sets. Uh, so we've got a, a really good team, excited about this group, but the biggest piece for me with these guys is, is they're all really, really high character guys, which is exactly what you want. And that's how you win. Most definitely. And coach, looking at you guys having to start back here November 25th, how did that affect your non-conference scheduling? Because I know you probably had the MCE zone play, trying to get guys up there. And also they have to worry about COVID restrictions with different, coming different states. So how has that been scheduling these games with the 25th here coming up here fast and furious? Boss, man, it's been a mess. It's been, it's been a mess. It's been a challenge, you know, um, you go into the year, you're, we, we were going into the year, we were playing an MTE in Jamaica, okay? So, obviously that got canceled. And that was moving to, that was moving to Florida, okay? That made my mom really happy because we were going to play a game close to my hometown, all right? Now that got canceled. And uh, it's been a challenge, you know? I, I think that because of all the restrictions and everything, we really tried to put a schedule together for us to stay as regional as possible. Right, go down to the Mohegan Sun, which is right down the road for us. Uh, play some really quality opponents there. Then put together some home games with local opponents. Uh, the A10 is is we're most likely play maybe one game in December. So to free up some time later on in the year uh, is, has been in the talk. But it's been a it's been a moving target. We feel like we've got a competitive schedule, but again, you don't know what's going to happen. You're lined up to play. You know, somebody and someone on their team test positive, that game may get canceled. But so the biggest thing is just staying in the moment. What are we doing today? How can we get better today? That's the biggest thing. And the teams that can do that the best are the teams that are going to be have the most success. And, Coach, your conference, A-10, man, is tough, man. The competition every night in that conference, man, I watch the games on NBC Sports Network. I keep an eye on it. Man, bro, <laughs> home all way, one through 14, man, it's tough, man. You know what, boss man, my first year here, everyone talked about how down the A-10 was. And at that point in time, you had Rhode Island um, with Coach Hurley, and you had those guys, and they were like the cream of the crop with St. Bonaventure um, and the two terrific guards that they had. That was really my first year. Dayton was going through a transition. BCU was going through a transition. Obviously, Davidson's always going to be very, very good with the job that Coach McKillop does. But everyone talked about how the league was so down. Well, the league is back, and from the top to the bottom, okay? And I don't know that you can necessarily – this team is that every night is a battle. And you're in close games really every single night. And it's been that way since I've been here. But this is the – this year, I would say this is the best the league has been. Take nothing away from what Dayton did last year. That was remarkable. Anytime you can go undefeated in conference play in a league as, as competitive – as our league is, is, is phenomenal. Uh, but this is the best it's ever been. I don't think there is a huge gap between the best team to the middle team. It's really a toss-up. 
you know, I think Richmond, with what they have coming back, essentially their whole team, the year that they had last year, being an NCAA tournament team, Davidson, St. Louis, I mean, everyone's talking about those three teams are up there at the top. Dayton's got a lot of guys back. VCU, Rhode Island's got one of the best guards in the league coming back. I mean, we, you know, there ain't no off nights, you know, but really right. who, who handles all this stuff the best? Uh, I think teams are really going to have to try and grow through their non-conference. Um, it's, it's different too, boss, man, because normally we get to play a scrimmage. We get an exhibition. We don't get that, right? So the ball is going to get thrown up for us on November 26th. And it's really – you're going to go through some stuff. you got to mature as a team through some of these non-league games. And then once, you know, the end of December hits and your first league game comes around, you know, that hopefully your team is growing by that point, and then the team that plays the best is going to win the league. That's what I got for you, Coach. Can't believe it's been four years of you, man. It's already, man. I can't believe it's been four years. Well, yeah, I've aged. <laughs> I've aged, boss, man. I've aged. But uh, always appreciate you, man. And um, the time we had down there, I used to love you coming down to games in, in McKenzie Arena at, at Chattanooga. And uh, you're a good friend and appreciate everything you've done for me. Anytime, Coach McCall, don't be cheering for you, buddy. You know I got some respect for my heart for you, man. So I'm going to be cheering for you in a minute, man, for sure. My man, I appreciate you, boss, man. Stay safe down there. You too, brothers. Talk to you real soon, man. You got it, brother. All right. Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals, open to everyone. Sally Beauty. All right, folks, back on the Boss Man Show. Time for my segment with Coach Kenny Blakely of the Howard Bison. Coach, good to talk to you. Week two of our segments, man. How you busy last talk, Coach? Everything's good, Boss Man. How are you, man? Coach, I'm feeling great, man. Early November, time change. It's still warm in Georgia here, so we got that going for us right now. Yeah, I know, man. Being in D.C., the election process is just taking place. They're counting up the ballots right now. And uh, we're about 22 days away from our first game, man. So three weeks away from our first game. So it's an exciting time here in Washington, D.C. Well, Coach, let me to our first question. How has practice been going for you and your team? Uh, how preparations been going? How far have you guys progressed since we last talked two weeks ago? Yeah, practice has been going really well. Uh, our guys have been putting in the effort. And I'm really excited about the, I think, the progress that we're making. Um, you know, it's one of those things, man, that I think as you continue to scrimmage against yourself and practice against one another, uh, hopefully it doesn't get mundane. But with the NCAA rules that they've put in place this year with no exhibition games and no scrimmages, it's going to make it really tough for our guys, uh, you know, not to have that opportunity to compete before our first game. So... Um, we're just trying to keep things exciting and upbeat and uh, at a pace that they love to play at. Does it mean more contact, Coach, than usual? I know lots of you don't go live too, too much. So does that mean a little bit more contact, a little bit more actual live or five-on-five scrimmage in there? Yeah, we've definitely, boss man, have done more scrimmages this year, uh, maybe not for a longer period of time, but certainly in, in segments uh, than we worked on last year. Uh, just for that particular reason. So some of the things that we're trying to do last Saturday, we went four 10-minute quarters uh, to try to simulate a little bit of uh, a game-type situation with the 40 minutes, but uh, to run the guys a little bit longer than they probably would run with their four-minute kind of segments during a normal game with the TV timeouts. So we're just trying to think outside the box what our players may need, what our team may need right now, try to get prepared for our first game on November 26th. Now, Coach, when trying to make a practice plan during this weird time, I know that has to be also a headache for you to try to make the right practice plan, make sure you did the right drill work, the right amount of shell work. So how was that been, too? Love we're trying to get everything else going for you guys. Well, I mean, boss man, it's crazy because with, uh, you know, remote school right now, and we have a, a kind of like a, you know, different guys that are different uh, grades in, in terms of years in school. We have some guys that uh, we have one gentleman that's a grad student. So, you know, he'll miss a considerable amount of practice. We have other guys that have classes. And, and uh, you know, here at Howard, you know, the class work and the school work, uh, 
you know, precedence everything else in terms of athletics and what we're trying to do, uh, and rightfully so. So we have guys coming in and out of practice. Sometimes we have nine guys, and I might have to jump into a drill to make ten for about two seconds before I realize I'm not supposed to be out there. Um, but no, it's been it's been it's been fascinating in trying to be creative to give our guys what they need. We've done a whole lot of stuff on four and four, and even in segments where we've done. You know, for the first month and a half, it was just a lot of four on four on four, where we've been trying to introduce a lot of new concepts and new thoughts, new ideas uh, to what we're trying to do offensively and defensively. And Coach, what I've learned from talking to a lot of coaches around the country is that the team shooting has gotten better because of not being able to be actually play. They've had a lot of shooting drills and getting getting better with, with shooting, shooting basketball coach. So how has that been with your guys shooting the ball more by themselves, working on individually? So how are all your young men's shots progressed so far? Yeah, we were already last year, boss man, one of the top 100 three-point shooting teams in the country. Um, and that's a big thing for our program. So um, the type of young men that we want to bring in and we want to recruit to uh, be a part of our uh, to be a part of our program is, uh, you know, guys that can really, really shoot the ball and that are super skilled. So uh, it's certainly something that we've emphasized in our workouts and in our practices. Uh, it's something that I hope carries over to our season when we begin. And, Coach, i got to say we've got, got great feedback about our segments, Coach, from last time. And what I told people is it's good for Coach Budget because we got, he got his roster from Charlotte and Columbia, which is three hours of the road from here, and I-85 Club is four hours away east of here. So you got two young men on your roster with some regional appeal to guys. So, so tell us about those young men on your roster from Columbia and Charlotte, North Carolina, from our listeners here who are very excited to hear about, you know, that you have some guys on the roster from this area. Well, you know, to have guys uh... – well, one, we can't talk about prospects. We can't mention them by name. But we do have some young men. We have Khalil Robinson that's from Columbia, South Carolina, that's on our roster. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole family, boss man, is from that Charlotte area down in North Carolina, Monroe, uh, Kannapolis, Pageland, South Carolina, that Rock Hill area. So I'm very familiar with that area, and certainly we have ties there. Um, Howard is one of those brands that really resonates, and we have a nice alumni following down there. So we want to continue to stay diligent on on the recruiting trail down in North and South Carolina, uh, that Georgia area, which has been uh, such a fertile ground for basketball talent over the years, and see if we can uh, make some inroads there uh, as well as other places in the country. Most definitely, Coach. And that's why I'm telling people, I listen, hey, this is great for Coach Blake's program because I feel like Howard's a top 100 university in the nation. And I want to help this program grow and help Coach grow this program. So I'm happy to do this for Coach because I, I tell you, a lot of guys in Atlanta can come up there and, and help you out. I hope they will do it for, for you, Coach, as long as you DMV guys as well, man. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, there's so many really good AAU programs in the Atlanta, Atlanta area and so many high schools that have done a great job and teaching down there is superior. Um, some of our really good friends are, are part of some of those organizations and schools down there, and uh, I've followed them for years. So I know what kind of job those guys are doing down there on that AAU grassroots level and the high school level and even the player development uh, side of the basketball. So, you know, we're going to keep being diligent, uh, develop those relationships, and uh, hopefully we can show those young men in those areas uh, what Howard, what the future of Howard basketball is all about. Now, Coach, Chris Paul, man, the move app will be wearing the bison, man, on his sneakers. Man, tell us about that. I saw that on the website when I get listening to hear about Chris Paul. We has going. So what are your thoughts on him representing the bison with his, with his new move app initiative? Well, I, I think Chris Paul has been uh, one of the champions, if, if not the champion of HBCU. Um, we have a student on campus that has a brand called Heritage Legacy and Pride um, that Chris Paul kind of exclusively wore inside the bubble uh, when the NBA returned down in Orlando. Uh, every day he was repping either uh, a different HBCU in terms of his gear or had an HBCU on his uh, Jordan brand sneakers that he wear, wore during the games. And with those Jordan brand sneakers, uh, he auctioned all of them off and uh, donated uh, all the funds to the men and women programs of those certain HBCUs that he was representing on his, his shoes, which is, uh, you know, Chris Paul is such a, uh, a guy that's been, a, you know, somebody that has led. He's, 
he's serving and he's giving back. And that's such a, uh, a wonderful thing for, you know, Chris CP3 to do. And, uh, you know, he has a direct connection with HBCUs like a lot of us does. Um, I think he said that all his family had gone to HBCUs and uh, he's enrolled currently in Winston-Salem State where he is uh, about to get his, his, uh, his undergraduate degree. So, um, you know, I, I, I thank Chris, all the things that he's done for our universities and looking out for all the HBCUs uh, as he's been on his journey to bring more awareness to those uh, different universities. And Coach, I also saw we have you being the, the Mako Duke Classic, Medical Classic, man. You're going to play in the Elon and Bellarmine. I said on Coach Davenport last week, actually, and, and Duke will be playing the same schools. So tell us about that, you know, how you and Coach K can get on this on this the Duke of Medical Classic, the Mako Classic. And uh, tell us also about more about your relationship with Coach K. And people don't know you played for him. Tell us more about how you and him still connected, how he's helping out the Howard Bison as well. Yeah, well, with the, with the Duke Classic, it was something that he reached out to me about. Um, I had saw it online and, and I actually reached out to him because, you know, with COVID uh, and then uh, all of the different, uh, you know, areas that are being affected right now, a lot of games are being canceled. Teams can't find games. And at the time, I was just searching for games. So I saw that there was a, uh, a leak of a Duke MET that was going to take place. So I immediately reached out to him and said, hey, like, you know, if there's an opportunity for us to be a part of this, please let us be a part of it. Um, he had talked about some other schools that he had reached out to, but if anything fell through, uh, he would love to consider us to be a part of it. So when, uh, you know, some things fell through, um, he reached out to me. We had several conversations about it. We jumped on it immediately because uh, to be associated with, you know, anything that he's doing and anything that's affiliated with Duke University, uh, my alma mater, is something special and unique to us. Uh, you know, one thing we have at Duke is something called the brotherhood. And, you know, in that brotherhood, we talk about us taking care of one another. Um, all my staff, I have myself, I have Tyler Thornton, uh, who's a Duke grad, and Thomas Hill, who also is a Duke grad. And then, you know, my agent is someone that I played with, Carmen Wallace. So we got, you know, just in my immediate circle is four uh, guys from the Brotherhood, but we're all uh, African-American. And that was really important for me to connect the dots uh, back to Duke, but also connect the dots uh, with our race and with our heritage. Most definitely, Coach. And playing uh, – in I feel a bad because of Coach Devin for he started from scratch. They're going to A Sun come from from D two man and Bellman man. I, he's a great guy to talk to man. I know you play him in Elon as well, North Carolina as well. So I mean, you got two good games, man. And Bellman's had a history of being good in D two for all those years, man. So uh, those will be tough games for you and your you and your staff to prepare for. But I know you all can probably pull it out. I, I got colleagues in, in the Bison and you, Coach. I know I, you all do it. <laughs> Well, I, I think I, when I saw the when I saw the two opponents, I was like, "Oh heck, Coach K set me up." <laughs> but it, you know, I think early on for us to go against uh, Mike Scroggie and the good Bellman team and well coached Bellman team, and Mike's done doing a super job down at Elon, um, it's not going to do anything but prepare us for the season uh, and, and with all the the tough MIAC competition that we're going to have to face this year. So we're excited about those opponents to be able to play those guys that are, do such a good job. Uh, you know, the Bellman program is, has come from a D2 program to a D1, but they've had so much, uh, you know, success in, uh, in, 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 at their level in beating Division One teams. And uh, I, I only see that, you know, moving forward with those guys doing the same things. Uh, the other thing is, is that, you know, with Mike Scroggie, the places he's been, he's studied under Coach K for a number of years. He was at Ohio State uh, and other places. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's one of the, the most, uh, you know, he's a young, well-respected uh, coach uh, that's going to get that Elon program turned around real soon. Uh, so we're looking forward to both of those games and uh, being part of the, the Coach K uh, and Duke University MTE. I saw you at the D.C. Pirates Jam you have, Coach, and I saw you playing uh, 
Bel Belmont will be part of George Mason and Northeastern. Now Bel Belmont, you know, my, I'm a Tennessee, Tennessee State guy, coach, and that's right down the street from Tennessee State. So my, my mom is a Lipscomb girl, so my mom cannot stay at Belmont because she went to Lipscomb. That's their rival on Belmont Boulevard. So for me, I'm no expert on Fairwell Case Alexander, for a good friend of mine as well. So and George Mason's always in A10 doing something like Northeastern as well. So, I mean, Coach, you got a heck of a four teams coming to D.C. to play you guys, man, at, at, at the, at the not, not your place, but another place in D.C. that you're playing at. So, tell us more about that, that MT as well, Coach. Yeah, well, the Paradise Jam, as you mentioned, with Belmont, George Mason, Northeastern. Again, three really good head coaches uh, that can coach their tails off um, and, and three really good programs. You know, we're going to have our work cut out for us. Um, and, you know, one of the things is, is that a lot of, uh, a lot of people to the, to the outside observer may not know, uh, you know a lot about these universities, the Belmonts or the Bellarmines or the Elons or, you know, the Northeasterns. Um, but they're all really, really good basketball programs, and they are going to challenge us and make us uh, think and, uh, and react in a way that is certainly going to be good for us, especially going into the MEAC conference. Um, we're looking forward to the Paradise Jam. We have an extremely young team and a lot of guys that haven't played a lot of minutes. And it's going to be one of our first three uh, games. We, we open up on the 26th, 27th, and 28th. So uh, we're going to have those challenges and be throwing our guys to the fire right away. Uh, but I hope they respond. I know we'll be prepared and it should be a lot of fun. Most definitely, Coach. Now, Bill Cohen's done a great job up there in the CAA. And then Coach George Mason always said, they always tough. He counted kind of like your neighbors almost right over the river there. So, he's regional flow as well. Absolutely. No doubt about it. The George Mason game is going to be a little local rivalry. All these guys, they play down in Georgetown during the summer in the Kenner League, uh, which is one of the best summer leagues in the country. So uh, a lot of these guys have played high school ball against one another or AAU ball with, uh, on the same team. So it should be a lot of fun and, uh, and great for the city. And, Coach, I know you, they're still on the website. and go get tickets to see you guys play dollar deposit at gbison.com. So now where's, what's the word for fans coming to your game so far? Is the mayor kind of clear that for you guys to have fans at your games so they can get those tickets, come see you guys play with that deposit? So how's that going for you guys, Coach? Yeah, right now, things are still up in the air. Um, we are on 100% lockdown. Uh, school is all remote right now, but we are going into a hybrid mode. Uh, we're going to a hybrid uh, form, uh, I think, starting in January. So that may open up and I have opportunities for people to come watch us play a little bit. Maybe it's at a 25% occupancy, but, uh, you know, I think having some people in the stands, if it's safe, versus not having any people in the stands is still better. But, you know, we want to certainly protect the health and the well-being of our students, our student-athletes, and people in the community here in Washington, D.C. So, like, a little light question for you, Coach, to finish off today, Coach. Tell us a great food spot to go to in D.C. We come to D.C. from Atlanta. We should go get us some food in D.C., Coach. Tell us a good spot or two. Well, I, I think you have to try to find – uh, any spot that has chicken and mambo. Okay. So mambo is a sauce that we put on fried chicken wings uh, here in D.C. And uh, it is sort of a D.C. legacy. Um, most of the D.C., we call them carryouts, but a lot of people call them grab-and-goes now, um, carry chicken and mambo. So if you ever can find a place that has really good chicken and mambo, that is the place I would recommend. There's a couple places that I are my go-tos. Uh, the Hamilton, uh, another spot called Duffy's, uh, another spot over on the, the uptown side on 14th Street called Smokey's. That's my kind of my go-to spot uh, when I'm on the upside side of town in Washington, D.C. Uh, but those are three spots that are, are my favorite for Chicken and Mambo. Coach, you the man, so folks, come to D.C., you know where to go, man. Coach gave me the idea, chicken and mambo sauce, man. I love it, Coach. I'm, I'm putting it on my list as well, man, when I come up there and see you guys, man. <laughs> Boss, man, I can't wait, man, for us to get out and to show you around town and also introduce you to some uh, delicious D.C. cuisine. Oh, I can't wait, because I love to eat, man, so I can't wait for that, buddy. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Boss, man. It'll be fun. Coach, man, thank you for your time today. Good to do this two more weeks. I can't wait to talk to you again, my brother. Be safe, Coach. Look forward to it, man. Absolutely, man. Stay well. I hope you.
you guys down in Georgia figure out this election thing and uh, look forward to the right outcome coming from that, uh, from that, from the count of uh, everything down in Georgia. Yes, indeed, Coach. Hey, prayers up, friends. We speak, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care, boss, man. Be good. Hey, see you, Coach. Be good, buddy. Yes. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.